Yo, welcome back to season three of the Imperial FFC podcast. This is the commissioner and champ, Donish Verani, here to go over the week 11 recap. Lots to talk about, but first, Gita Bali. All right, the week 11 recap. Here we go. First matchup was Donch's team versus Chalk Bars. This was the matchup to see if Donch could lock himself into the playoffs or if Chalk Bar could set himself further apart from the bottom tier teams. Both of them, both of their quarterbacks have a solid 20 point performance. Donch's three receivers all had a good game with scoring a combined 41 with each one in double digits. But Chalk Bar's receivers answered back with 45 of their own, led by Tyree Kill's 22 point performance. Derrick Henry outplayed Kamara 22-11, but luckily Drake scored 14 while Duke Johnson only gave Chalk Bar 5. That pretty much evened out the running back points. Then we move on to the difficult tight end position. Donish's team starting Gronk while Chalk Bar picked up Dallas Goder after he was dropped by Donish. Looks like a revenge game for him. You know how those go, folks. Gronk only put up 4 while Goder had a 16-point performance taking a huge lead. Then for icing on the cake, the Cleveland Browns defense scores 20 points for Chalk Bar giving him the win 143-111. to 111. Next up, we have Usman vs. Shemez. Usman was once the assistant GM to Shemez and is now playing against him. This matchup would help Shemez keep a bi-week spot, bi- spot with a win or a win for Usman means locking himself into a bi-week spot. Both quarterbacks played well for this matchup too. Mahomes and Murray each had a 20-point game with a slight edge to Mahomes with 23. Usman's three wide receivers combined for 32 while Shemez has answered back with 30 of their own. Usman's new running back Clyde Edward gave him 20, which was his first 20-point game of the year. And Mike Davis had 15 for a combined 30, 35 points. With Todd Gurley getting hurt, Shemez could only answer back with 15. Usman's star player Travis Kelsey had 22, but Mark Andrews answers back with 18 of his own. Usman, Usman's flex was Brandon uh, Cooks, who only got 8, and Dalvin Cook gets Shemez 23 points, whose defense will come through for them. Shemez only gets 5 points while Miami gets Usman 17 from Steelers, winning this game 151-118. Our next matchup is Sacco vs. Nazar Uncle. With both of their teams projected at 125, the league was expecting a low-scoring matchup. Ben Roethlisberger gets Sacco 18 points, his second-highest point total from a quarterback since replacing Dak. Sano rolls the die starting new quarterback Taysom Hill, who answers back with 24 Adam Thielen gets Sacco 28 with Robert Woods scoring 25 of his own and Robbie Anderson adding an 8 to give him a total of 61 points. Sunil's trio of Devontae Adams, Tyler Lockett, and DJ Moore combined for 55 with each of them scoring more than 15. Antonio Gibson scores 17 while Sanders only gets 8 giving 25 combined points for Sacco. Kareem Hunt only scored 9, maybe because Nick Chubb is back. And another dice roll for Sunil, Carlos Hyde scored 17 to help him answer back with 26 points. At the tight end position, Hawkinson gave Sano 9, while Hayden Hurst gave Sacco 0. That is Sacco's second straight week getting a goose egg at the tight end position. It is also the second week in a row that Ryan Tannehill is, is his highest scoring quarterback but on his bench. Sano wins this matchup 141-123. to 
Last but not least, it's Zen vs. Mosin. Deshaun Watson gets 31 points for Zen, but Justin Herbert answers back with 28 of his own. Mosin's receivers get him 34 points, but Zen gets 27 from Keenan Allen, 20 from Cooper, and 4 from Juju to get a total of 51. Mosin's running backs get 18, but Zane scores 27. Eric Ebron gets 12, but Zane answers back with 18 from Waller. Mosin's team tried but failed. Zane won this matchup 153 to 121. Zane got the highest point total of the week by three points. Now, let's talk about some stuff I've noticed. The guys that might make it to the Sacco Bowl this year no longer call Anil Sacco. Maybe they think he won't remember all the shit they said earlier in the year. Sacco, here's a couple of reminders. On New Year's, first thing Chalkbar said was Happy New Year, Sacco, and try to get the rest of us to do the same. At football, Zen said, Shut up, Sacco, when y'all were arguing. Sunil literally doesn't need to say anything to you, but adds it in the group chat just so he can call you Sacco. At B-dubs, when it came time for your punishment, Mosin and Usman were trying to force you into the worst seat so everyone could see you. Never forget, Sacco. This fantasy year has been harder than all other years. From the team records, it looks like it, ma- it makes it more competitive, but each individual doesn't care about that. We all want to be the best team without having to worry who we need to start every week. We have one team that is significantly better than everyone else's. I don't need to say his name because he fits that description and you know who I'm talking about. Plus, I don't want him to go, Hey, stop putting Nazir on my players. Anyways, the question I thought to myself was, What advantage does he have over everyone? After some research, I'd like to give you number nerd some data. This year, the tight end has single-handedly been the hardest position to figure out. And when you have the best tight end in the game, it's an unfair advantage over everyone else. Travis Kelsey has scored 163 points in the 10 games he's played. That's an average of 16.3 points per game, with his best game being 23 points. So overall, he's consistent. Those 163 points put him at the number 27 ranked player. So who's the second best tight end? Darren Waller with a total of 110 points. That's 53 less points in just 10 games. The third tight end, you have Mark Andrews at 100. But after that, no tight end is in triple digits in 10 games played, assuming they already had their bye week. Meaning while Kelsey is getting his 16 a game, other guys aren't even hitting double digits every week. George Kittle, who only played six games, including the two he he was injured in, still at the eighth best tight end with 80 points. And since his injury, Chalkboard's team hasn't been the same. The other position that was surprisingly hard this year is the quarterback. Streaming a quarterback this year is the toughest thing to do compared to all the other years when it was just a plug and play. The top five quarterbacks for the season are Murray, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers. Those quarterbacks all belong to the top four seeded teams. Coincidence? I don't think so. Watson is rising through those rankings, and as a result, you see Zane scoring more points and winning games. But with Usman's 1-2 punch being Mahomes, the third highest scoring quarterback, by only 7 points shy of the second place, and Kelsey being the number one tight end, it's going to be tough to take his team down in the playoffs. With this bye week spot, the only chance someone has is beating his team in the quarterfinals when the Chiefs play the Saints. What happens if he makes it to the finals? Week 16, the Chiefs are scheduled to play the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons' the Falcons' defense is ranked number one in points allowed to both quarterbacks and tight ends. Might as well just say it now. 
Congratulations on your championship, Usman. I love how close the records are. This could be the first time someone gets six wins and makes a Sacco Bowl. Thank, thank you for confirming, Sano. I'm just really glad there is a rule in place to make sure someone that is already clinched who has been compared to Joffrey's like power-hungry moves doesn't have the ability to force people into the Sacco Bowl. Instead, it will be each individual GM getting into the best, GM, uh, best spot they can. With that being said, the power rankings. First, Usman. Duh. If you paid attention to anything I just said, it's obvious. Second, Shemez. He just scored his lowest amount of points for the year with 117. Honestly, he should be happy it happened against Usman. No one under him got that free win. It's out of his team system, and he's still got a good chance of keeping his bye week spot. Third, Chakbar. He lost Kittle, but won a big game last week. Fourth, my team. I'm in a big drought. Barely hanging on, just hoping my higher point total keeps me in the playoffs when it's all said and done. And on top of that, the bottom tier teams are even making fun of my roster. It's bad. Fifth, Zane. I'd rank him in fourth if he had a better record. Deshaun is carrying his team back from the grave. Sixth, Sunil. With his Eckler and Carson with Eckler and Carson back, look for his team to sneak into the playoffs, once again avoiding the Sackle Bowl. Seventh, Mosin. We thought Michael Thomas could carry him into the playoffs, but it just wasn't clicking with Breeze. Maybe you'll have better luck with Hill at quarterback. With a high point total projection this upcoming week and an easy win, congratulations by the way, let's see if he pulls off a miracle. Eighth, Sacco. Really, dude? Are you even watching the games? At this point, you might as well pick which tight end to start out of a hat. Three quarterbacks on this team and he keeps starting the wrong one. My advice is just use the hat for that too. That's it for the Week 10 recap. I would like to give the first shout-out to Bobby. I'd also like to apologize to you. I know I've been copying and pasting your shout-out, and I shouldn't have been doing that. You're classy and you deserve better. Please accept my apology and talk to the fantasy gods for me. I never meant to offend you all. Please remove this nuzzer from my team and help me get back to the promised land. Shout-out to Team Mobile. Man, those are my people. Great Black Friday deals. Shout-out to Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday. Great deals this year. Shout out to the Dyson V10 vacuum I'm going to buy because Sacco doesn't want to share his coupon code for the V11. I tried TE Goose Egg 2, but it didn't work for me. <laughs> shout out to my five defenses. Final shout out to whenever Sunil talks shit about how good the Hopkins trade is, but we had that screenshot to show him that he was admitting when he was wrong. <laughs> As always, thanks so much for listening in to our Week 11 Imperial FFC podcast. I'm your host, Donna Sharani. Hope you tune in again next week for episode 12. Today and from now on, we hope that Bobby blesses only me, myself, and I. Good night, Sugarland.